Well, hello there, babes, and welcome back to another episode of Your Place or Mine, the podcast about comedy, climaxes, and conversations with friends. Join me in the babe cave right here in Toronto. I'm your host, Jesse Olson. Joining me here in the Babe Cave, I get to have a very dear friend record with me tonight that I'm really, really excited about. Please help me welcome to the Babe Cave, dear friend, funny comedian, Moira LePage. Hi, Moira. Hello, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Welcome. How are you doing? I am good. I am good. It is 9 p.m. on a is it Tuesday? It's a Tuesday? On a Tuesday, and I'm yeah. feeling good. Living life on the edge out at 9 p.m. on a Tuesday. I know. Crazy. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Who am I? I'm wearing real pants. Oh, my God. I still have makeup on. I, I do not. <laughs> I didn't put any on. I had to. I went to an open mic. You never know what kind of cuties are going to be at an open mic. Fair enough. Right? So Moira and I have been friends for almost a year. We just realized mere moments ago that we are nearing our friend anniversary, which is so cute. December 14th. December 14th. That's when it all began. We were piecing together how it started through our previous messages on Instagram, which I love. Social media is fucked, but it keeps an archive of your friendships. Uh, do you want to read it? Yeah. So Jesse and I met at an open mic. We uh, talked back and forth. And then I said, hey, girl, do you do friend dates? <laughs> I'm so into your energy and I'm off next week and wanted to see if you'd like to do brunch. Okay. Isn't that like the hottest message you've ever received? <laughs> like, why can't guys slide into my DMs with messages like that? <laughs> and then we talked and we realized that we live maybe a three minute walk from one another. Super close. Yeah, but you are the first girl that I've ever asked, or a person that I've ever asked out on a friend date. I remember being so excited about this. Um, Yeah, we met at a mic and, like, again, felt good energy. I was like, fuck yeah, she seems cool. And I remember I had, like, gotten a couple of DM slides that week from men. And I was like, (laughs) why is this the cutest, sweetest message I could have received? I showed, like, a whole bunch of my friends. I was so excited about it. Honestly, looking, I did well. You did great. Like, I'm, I'm not so trying proud. to be vain, but people should use that. You should run a course. Like, I love your energy. Yeah, it's a great thing to say. It pumped me the fuck up. I'm so glad. Here we yeah, are. Here we are. Yeah, we've aged well. We have. We've done great. We've brunched. <laughs> we've coffeed. We've teed. We've done comedy together. I think I dropped off a <coughs> charger once when you hurt your leg you, yeah you've saved me before oh like gosh, 100%. Of course. oh yeah that was when I fell in the summer oh my god I don't miss that no and Jesse's been very kind and welcoming me into your home and your friend groups fuck yeah yeah you bring people together I love doing it I really do well you do it well <laughs> so why don't you tell the babes a little bit about you let's do some backstory so talk about getting into comedy where have you lived who's Moira yeah, um, so I'll start from the very beginning. No. <laughs> I was born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a hard C-section. Uh, no, so originally I'm from small town, Collingwood, Ontario. Ooh. But like proper small right now, it's kind of like a city, but I grew up with a byway and a Loblaws. and oh, like byway was the freaking right? best. We didn't even have a shopper's drug mark. Yeah, it was just was an point? IDA. IDA. <laughs> an IDA. Babe, you're speaking my language. Um, and then moved to Waterloo for school. 
I studied communications there, and then I moved to the city. I studied public relations at Humber, and then I just got to work, and I worked in PR agencies. I worked in crisis comm. I worked a lot. Like, I was putting in sometimes 60, 65-hour work weeks, and I'm not one to, you know, feel proud about that or, like, celebrate that. And so it was around 31 where I realized if I were to go out to a party and people would ask me, like, what's going on? What's up with you? The only thing that I had to talk about was work. Mm. And so I did, like, some soul-searching And I recently read something that said, you know, finding yourself as an adult is just looking at things you enjoyed when you were younger. Oh, I love that. And it's so true, right? Like you come back to your old self, like your inner child. And I realized that I loved theater. I loved comedy. And so I took, like most people do, a course at Second City. It was good. It was fun. The instructor was quite like he was a a white straight man like an older man yeah learned a lot about joke structure but we didn't always you know connect yeah quite see eye to eye live different lives very different lives and then the pandemic hit and so I thought that was it and then my buddy another comedian Matt Ardill messaged me and he said hey I started doing zoom comedy and at first I was like absolutely not you know what I mean yeah totally it's worse, like, it's bad enough doing Zoom for work, meanwhile, comedy. Yeah. So I did a couple shows, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. And, you know, I thought, what do I have to lose? Like, if I do that bad, I can literally exit this, and no one has to see my face. Yeah. And for a while, it would just be my mom. And, like, you could hear her mute and unmute to laugh. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> and sometimes she'd literally be doing comedy to just black screens. Um, so loved it, developed some content, um, and then just kept doing Zoom comedy, made friends, um, with a lot of people actually, and everyone was just trying their best because no one knew how to navigate COVID. Yeah. And a lot of people were using comedy as just like a means to stay sane. Yeah, totally. And then last September I did my first in-person show. Um, I did a couple contests and I was successful and then... You just kind of meet people. Like, the stronger you get, the more people recognize you, the more people recognize you, the more shows you're on. Yeah, totally. And that's not to say that every every show has been gone swimmingly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, here I am being like, oh, yeah, the better you do, the more people know you. <laughs> um, but it's been really fun. And a lot of people are like, you know, what's your plan with comedy? What are your objectives? And it sounds so cliche, but it's genuinely to have fun yeah and the minute this shifts to something I don't want to do or becomes a chore that I need to reevaluate like totally do I change where I'm going do I change who I'm you know being with do I change what I'm talking about or yeah. is it is it my time yeah no I totally appreciate that and I think I think that's why I've talked a little bit in the past few episodes about setting boundaries around like how much comedy I'm doing, what comedy shows I'm choosing to do. And I think that is really important because I do, right now, it is like, yes, it's something that I do use to earn money and it is something that's like connected to the podcast. Like there is bigger picture stuff, but it's like what I love most. So if I'm if I'm sitting at home being like, fuck, I don't want to go to this comedy show, then it's like, okay, wh- why not? Like yes. let's talk about that, babe. Like, exactly. I think that's important. 
And I, I started doing a lot of comedy and it was kind of to the point where I'd go out and people would be like, what's up with you? And I only had comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like I'd much rather have that and I do work a lot. I enjoy my job and I always talk about this with you, but we go to a lot of weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finding balance I found is really important. And like you said, because you don't want to be rolling your eyes to go to a show. No. It's supposed to be something that gives you energy that makes you whole. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. You do go to so many weddings. We've we've been at 36 weddings. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like I don't, I actually really enjoy them because my partner and I have started to think of them like dates. Okay. <laughs> like you get to get dressed up, you have a nice dinner, and then you just dance. And like, Right. It's a pretty nice date. It is a nice date. I mean, it's pretty ex- damn expensive. For sure. Yeah. Especially if you're in the party, but... I wouldn't say I dislike weddings because everyone, you know, it's honoring love. Yeah. And just because I may not choose to honor my love that way doesn't mean that it just discredits other people. Totally. Well, that's a perfect segue into the next part of this conversation. So Moira is in a very long term (laughs) monogamous relationship. And so why don't you, yeah, tell the babes about your relationship a little bit about how it started, where you're at. Give us, like, the general overview. Okay, well, I want to preface I'm 34. I think I might sound like a solid 14-year-old. <laughs> um, but I started dating my partner when we were 19, which means we just celebrated our 15th anniversary. Which, 15? Like, I totally appreciate that's wild. Like, as I yeah. say it out loud, and it doesn't feel like it's been 15 years. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. Um, So I grew up with a very feminist mother who would always say, you know, never become a we. Mm. Like, always be me and you. Yeah. Um, And so from the get-go, that was something and still continues to be so important to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be my own person within a relationship. Totally. And I want that person to be their own person. Yeah. Because I didn't date in high school. I honestly was so busy with activities that it just never crossed my mind. Right. And then when I met my partner in um, first, first year and then we started dating in second year, I actually had rules. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Although this is how type A, honestly, yeah. <laughs> looking back, I'm like, why didn't you just say no? Yeah. <laughs> like, here I am sitting, never had a boyfriend before, yeah. sitting down, yeah, giving these rules. So, yeah, here's your charter. Yeah. So I'm a really sweaty person. Okay. So the first one was, you can never comment on how sweaty I am. Wow, you know, that's a solid rule. Right? Thank <laughs> Not what I was expecting in the rules, but no. I love this for you. Okay. The second one is you can't be angry for more than 24 hours without telling the person why. Ooh, that's a fantastic That's a fantastic rule. Babes, write that one down. And we still have that. Say that one more time. You can't hold on to something. Like, you can't be angry for more than 24 hours without telling the person. Fuck yeah. And you also can't bring it up in a future fight. Hmm. If we've resolved something, that's resolved. Yeah. Um, that's really important because, you know, it's communication. Like, immediately, if you're ticked, we talk about why. And, like, it's not perfect. We don't sit yeah. down always quietly and have this, like, heart-to-heart and light totally. a candle. Um, and then the third one was that we have to understand prioritization. Hmm. Um, and at that point, I mean, it's kind of shifted over time, but it was, you know, friends and family – 
can come before our relationship if required. Like, I'm not going to be mad if you want to go out with your guys or if it's important that you see your family. Because I remember saying to him, I fell in love with you for the person you were before meeting me. Mm. So I don't want to change that. Yeah. So those were our rules. And, you know, we continue the sweaty one. That's so cool. The sweaty one's hilarious. Yeah. And um, and so when we started dating, his name's Ty, um, was in co-op. So that meant that four months of the year, we were together. Four months, he was away. Four months together. Right, yeah. And so I think that also was a really good foundation. Interesting, yeah. Because we didn't spend every day together. Um, a lot of university couples, you're kind of connected at the hip. Mm-hmm. But no, we had that moment to like have four months together, four months apart. And that was for four years. Wow. Um. And then we just started traveling together three years ago. Wow. Yeah, so I would go on my trips. He would go on his trips because I always wanted to be able to be like, this is my story. This is what I did. Fuck yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And it it obviously, like, it shouldn't be surprising. Like, it makes sense. And I think when you do get together that young, you're still growing up in a lot of ways. And I think I love to – it's like you're writing your own story. Like – you need to have an individual side of your story. And I think when I look at people who are in long-term monogamous relationships who've been together for a long time, like, they are entirely one entity. Yeah. And I I know you only as you, and I hear great things about Ty, but, like, you are such an independent person, and, like, you have your own life and your own goals and interests and I love that it it sounds like it was so strategic and how you set that up it was super strategic and I don't really know why I had that insight so young yeah um (laughs) I once was quite drunk and I said to him when I was 19 I was like I think you're my soulmate and he said I don't believe in soulmates (laughs) I was like thank you so much yeah um and it's not to say I'm not discrediting other people's relationships because, you know, everyone does it differently. Totally. And some people are just like want to do everything together and are so compatible and have the same hobbies. Yeah. Um, and we do try to prioritize dinner. Dinner is really yeah. important to us. And we spend our days together. We work, both work from home. Yeah. Um, and he likes to fish. And so we always say his hobby is before 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and my hobby is after 8 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so we spend this time together. And then it's also just genuinely being interested in the other person. But to do so, I think the other person has to be interesting. Yeah. And go do things of interest. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, even the books we read are different. And the music mm. we listen to is different. So I like the idea of consistently being taught something. Yeah. Just not all, already knowing something. And yeah. it sounds like I'm painting us as like this perfect monogamous. Like there are struggles. Like Totally. You know, because we've been together so long, we know so much about each other. And, you know, like a best friend, like you when you see something on TV, you know what that person's going to say. When you give a look and like right. all of our jokes are inside jokes. Yeah. Um, and our families are really lovely. Um, my folks are, are not together, but his are. And they have my parents over for dinner. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's, it's you when you're starting to date someone for so long, I'm sure you know, 
their families become an extension of your relationship. Totally. And both families are just very supportive and kind. And, I you know, they that. often are like, we like Ty better than you. And, <laughs> and <laughs> in most circumstances, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's been really supportive with comedy. And I was telling him, um, another woman on your podcast uh, has told me that, you know, guys don't want to date funny girls mm. and she comes up uh, like across that um on dating apps and I said that to him and he was like like I don't understand that he was like if someone has the ability like wouldn't you want to know what makes that person so interesting and what makes them tick mm-hmm. to want to go on a stage in front of people yeah um but yeah it's it's effort and it's strategy for us which sounds silly but we're very strategic or at least I am yeah um in our relationship yeah did you have so during the pandemic when it sounds like you already spent a lot of time together anyways but were there any like blips through that time I don't think there were necessarily blips I think there were moments where we were we call it tie time and lee time okay um so sometimes you're like I just need some tie time and it's not about the other person it's just like I just want to be alone like with anyone living with someone or even like it's nice to have be alone yeah totally and I like my alone time he likes his alone time so I don't think there were blips there were moments just in general where we were like we're literally stuck here yeah you know and I haven't had like my space yeah um and so we both go out on like girls weekends or guys weekends and so that's when we have like our alone time and not that I do anything differently but it's just nice to be in your own space yeah totally yeah so obviously like listening to like some of the reasons it sounds like this is working like it definitely sounds like you're very methodical about your relationship which is like makes sense and I think why certain relationships don't work out because you aren't methodical and like you don't work through like what you each need and like how to like have good communication about that have there been like Throughout the it, – obviously, it sounds like you were like, yeah, you're my soulmate, like, right off the bat. Perfect. But I was also 19, right? Totally. And, like, for our first anniversary, I asked for a Tiffany's ring. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you could see me right now, you can't, but my hair is not bathed. Like, my face is, like, acne-y, and, like, I'm wearing his pants. Yeah. Like, I am not a Tiffany's girl. Not but that's what I thought, like, first boyfriend – Right. You're my soulmate. You're going to get me this ring. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, like, at that point, did you think you would get married? Like, when did that change? Oh, yeah. Um, I don't – I grew up with a dad, love him, who would always say, I'm going to give you a chunk of money when you're 30, which I don't even know if that happened. Yeah. And he said, if you spend this all on a wedding, I'm going to be really disappointed. And I was – I don't know. I've been always really practical around finances mm-hmm. um, and put me in front of a stage. I'm like all about it. Put me in front of people and to talk about my love. Like, although I'm doing this, like I feel so uncomfortable in it, like a large group. Yeah. Um. So I knew from a really early age that he would be in my life for a long time. Um, But I marriage has never been something that stands out for me. We're common law. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Like, if we were to ever separate, we'd need a lawyer. Yeah. Um, and so there's only, like, two more check marks that we would need to become married. And I think going to so many weddings, too, I actually have a wedding album hmm. where I have it on Vistaprint. 
Okay. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> and when we go to weddings, I always make sure we have our photograph and then I put it in. So we have our own wedding album. <laughs> That's so cute. And so I think my goal is like when we, we're going to hit 50 weddings, um, which is gross. I mean, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, <laughs> Just a <slip laughs> That I want to print it off. Um, because people are like, you won't have photos and you won't have that special day. And I'm like, I do have photos. Yeah. You've had lots of special days. Exactly. And, and so, yeah, marriage, um, if it was really important to him, Mm -hmm. I think we'd get married, but it's just really not important to us. Yeah. Um, I, I respect it. I value it. And I, and I get when people want to have that, like that moment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally appreciate that. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. Like, I there's a very, very, very good chance I won't get married again. And I think the only reason I would get married would be either if I was, like, with a partner who really wanted it yep. and hadn't had that opportunity or if it was someone who was, like, so fucking rich and wanted to just, like, oh fly God. me and all my friends to an island and marry me. I'd be like, okay, fine. <laughs> I told you about Kleinfelds, right? Did you know? Say oh yes my God! Best? Yes, yeah. yeah you did. <laughs> Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, I'll be fast. Yeah. So for me, like the only thing that would be very fun is trying on the dress, mm-hmm. not buying it, but trying it on. Mm-hmm. And so my best friend and I um, went to New York recently. Oh, and uh, we we went to Kleinfeld's, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I feel so bad. The woman was so nice. <laughs> we pretended that I was getting married, and. Um, we tried on some dresses. I think my budget was just under 10. You know. <laughs> totally normal. True expectations. For sure. Um, and I, I had a moment. I had a moment with a dress and it was so lovely. And that's all I wanted. Yeah. Like I stood in the mirror and I put on a veil and even the designer was there. And he was like, girl, we'll give you 15% off <laughs> if you get it today. And that's all I needed. Yeah. Like I felt... I, I always thought it was very cliche, like you had the feeling. Yeah. But I had the feeling. My best friend was there. I shared the photos with my mom. I'm good. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're hoping to travel more. And I was just sitting there being like, this is three trips. Yeah, totally. Like I'm physically wearing three trips. And some people would value that over trips. Yeah. And respect it. That's yeah. just not my jam. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I think like when I look back on my wedding, like we – there were definitely parts of it that were really magical and really amazing. And I think we did it as cheap as anyone could have. And it was like, it's to this day, like the best party I've ever been to. And, and I'm sure you looked beautiful. Totally. And so it's like, there was all of these positives, but it's like, we could have just had a party. And I think I'm very pro like love party. I love so that. So my ex and I, the, my last long-term partner, we had said that like, when we make it to five years which we didn't but we were like when we make it to five years we'll just like have a party and we'd have a bunch of our friends and we would get drunk and we would talk about our love and we would take nice pictures and I think like that's something I will do in the future who knows whether it's like five years or ten years or whatever honestly even at two years like Fuck, you yeah. know what I mean like why not I just think like I'm I'm so pro celebration I love that and I love love and I think it's like I'm such a romantic at heart and I really, like, I think celebrating, like, two people being really fucking in love is magical. And I think that's why I like weddings. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, like, another one. I'm like, 
But every person is different. You know, yeah. if the same, bless their hearts, if the same person kept getting yeah. married, maybe yeah. not so much. Yeah. But you're still honoring two people. Yeah. Right? And and they are in love and the hope is that they stay in love. But I also like, I'm pro-separation. Yeah. Like 100%. Totally. Because, you know, people grow and they evolve. And I was recently talking to someone who's also in a really long-term relationship and they said, you know, people are like, How do you, are you still together? And she said... A relationship is when two people choose to make the same decisions over and over and over again. Yeah. And at one point, there might be a time where you make different decisions. And so it's not that, you know, we look at it at years. We look at it in decisions. Like, are we making yeah. decisions at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It, it kind of made me feel better. Not that I'm upset that we've been together for so long, but like we're not counting years we're counting the decisions that we've made that are the same yeah I love that and I think again it's just like sometimes if you're like you're counting it in years it's just like okay like there's a clock ticking are we gonna make it through another trip around the sun like what are we doing and I think it it almost it's like oh you've made it this long it implies that that's it this is all you do yeah And, and also it's just like oh other people don't make it this far so like I don't know what you're doing, but, like, good luck. It's probably going to get harder. Honest to goodness. And, like, you know, people who meet at 40, like, 60, 70, 80, 90. Like, I I really think it's less about how long you've been together. It's more about are you making the same decisions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think that's such an important piece of it because, like, communication piece and, like, being on the same page and, like, yeah, making decisions together is what it is all about because Mm – there's so many different variables that go into it, but, like, you have to be able to, like, narrow it down to, like, what's important, and I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's what works for us, and, you know, there, it's weird when you quantify, you put numbers on things, and they're like, oh, my God, like, you grew up together. I'm like, yeah, we grew up together, but we also grew up apart. Yeah. Or, like, indivi- as individuals, totally. and, and that's something that's been super important for me, but we had, like, our 15th anniversary, and, like, this is, we got, what did we get? We got um, a slow cooker, <laughs> you know, and then for Christmas, we're getting things for our chairs, so our posture is good. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. like, we're practical. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're like, I wonder what 15 is. Like, you know how they have special, like, diamonds. What or, is it? Yeah. Okay, I'm looking it up. Yeah. What, do you have any guesses? What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Mean? I hope it's something like paper, like something just very generic. How do I even ask it? What is 15 year? As gifts? Anniversary gifts. Oh my gosh, I hope it's like a chicken. Or- I know, I hope it's something <laughs> ridiculous. Um, traditional 15th anniversary gift is crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Slow cooker crystal. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> it's crystal. It's a crystal. So that's the traditional gift. Mm-hmm. And then it says the modern gift. I guess there's like one of each. The modern gift is considered to be a watch or other timepiece. So slow cooker has, has a timer. I knew it. I'm just, we knew that, Jesse. It was strategic. <laughs> oh my God. That's so yeah, fucking it's ridiculous. Like instead of getting like a sexy watch, we have a sexy, sexy slow cooker. Sexy, sexy. Set it and forget it. <laughs> Okay, so question for me and from personal experiences, experience, one of the issues with my ex-husband and I 
was that we didn't have a chance to like explore anything with anyone else or really just like date other people. Mm-hmm. So obviously like for me, I hit, we'd been together for however long and I was like, now I wish I dated other people. Mm-hmm. And if any, it wasn't just about sex, it was still just like exploring, meeting new people and like mm-hmm. having that kind of experience. So has that, was did that come up at some point like in conversations between the two of you? It hasn't. Like he's pretty... He had a three year, three and a half year relationship before dating me, and we went. We, yeah, we were nineteen. Whoa, I know, and and so I think it. I also think it's just because he's kind and non confrontational. Yeah. <laughs> Are you just around because you're face. scared of me? Are you just scared of me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I've never person. I don't think either one of us has had that because I think we're fulfilled. Not to say oh we're fulfilled in other ways but I think we're fulfilled in other ways and totally you know I find a lot of like not physical or like sexual attraction but like I love meeting new people and finding good vibes with other people yeah and we have a large group of friends and we also had our own friends totally so the thoughts really like it's never crossed my mind but I get it yeah and I think because I didn't date in high school and I just was like I didn't get it yeah um that that's never been a thing but I I understand it and I value it and I do get why people in long-term relationships explore others yeah well I think it's like what you said it's like you feel fulfilled by the needs that you have in your life and I also think it speaks to like the independence you each have from each other like you can go out and meet other people and have like really great friendships with other people and like that can also fulfill you in different ways and because you're you're in this like healthy strong foundation of a relationship and I think um I talk a lot about like when there's monogamous couples who are like their entire worlds and nothing else and then that's when things get really tricky because they're everything to each other and there isn't anyone else to like sub in a shift uh, in like yeah. some other category and I think your independence with with within the relationship is like probably plays a big part of that I never thought of it like that but you're right and it's almost like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing yeah like, you know what I mean like yeah I I don't feel trapped I don't feel stuck I don't feel like this is it totally like I you know I I don't really like the term you're my person because I have a lot of people yeah um and I think different people play different roles and he is just the person that is my partner yeah not just my partner but you know what I'm saying like he's not yeah he's one of my best friends but he's not like like I have many best friends totally. and so yeah he he checks the boxes of course but not all the boxes and so yeah. you know I find that through other people and other things yeah which is normal and yeah. like how humans I think should live life yeah yeah okay also like we're not I as I'm speaking I was like oh and we've done this right and this right and yeah this right. like we're still normal okay tell me some of the trash yeah <laughs> like humanize yourself yeah Laura. honestly <laughs> um I'm impatient that's my that's my thing I'm I'm an impatient person and I'm working on it like even you know don't put on your shoes slowly yeah you you know and I am I am trying to be more stereotypically domestic but cooking doesn't come easily for me okay cleaning doesn't come easily for me yeah um so I don't always hold up my end of the bargain particularly around cooking but I'm trying to like we got that good old slow cooker and a yeah, and, um, like I do the dishes or I help with prep. So it's 
it's finding like how I can be a better partner is something that I'm always working on. Like what can I improve? What can I do better? And like we have like my love language is doing things for people. Mm -hmm. Like making a video for someone's birthday or like writing someone's resume or like literally like the written and creative side of things. Yeah, bringing me and bringing me a charger. Well, yeah, and like that's my love language. And so like how do I have that love language but do other things? Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think it really is just like it sounds like there's like a lot of really honest communication and it is like a little bit system oriented and that's not a yeah. bad thing. <laughs> and sometimes it's honestly not. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. we're just like giant blobs on a couch like yeah. watching TV. Like we're, we're normal human beings and like yeah. like we don't have check marks or like Excel yeah. spreadsheets. Yeah. Although he's an Excel spreadsheet guy. Yeah. Um, But we've also just learned. Yeah. Like how to communicate and like. Like, we yell, we have fights. Like, it, it's still a normal yeah. relationship. Totally. Um, Which is funny. And he's very private. So this is, you know, we're, we're sticking to the, the PG the PG of this. And yeah, I, there I, was a lot of rules, babe, yeah, in this conversation. Are you surprised the girl with rules in her relationship has rules for the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> hey, listen, it's our friend anniversary. Talk yeah. about whatever you want. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Okay, well, yes, I definitely think, again, I'm sure, babes, a lot of you listening, uh, like, are inspired by the longevity of your relationship. I think I've mentioned this many times before, like, I'm not anti-monogamy. I think mm-hmm. monogamy can be, like, super lovely and amazing for the right people, and uh, it really sounds like you and Ty have, like, your shit figured out in a really lovely way, which is super cool, and uh, I think... I have totally appreciated like getting to know you as your own human and like hearing about your relationship with Ty um as a very like aggressively independent person myself I think like when I look for like what kind of relationship I want to be in and like the qualities I want in a relationship Mm -hmm. I'm definitely like inspired by like the independence you hold on to in your long-term relationship thank you that honestly that means a lot and you know like I said it's not always perfect and of course like interdependence is key like we're definitely interdependent and in some instances we are dependent right yeah um but it's for me it's really important to become a you and an i yeah and of course there are circumstances when you become a we and it's really about you know i think he is my partner and my person but like we just will continue to have to make the same decisions together totally and and that's through really honest conversation yeah i love that yeah. <laughs> Feeling inspired to fall in love, Moira. <laughs> Again, it's like he's going to be listening to this and be like, we have what? We yeah. do what? I'm sorry, you've put what systems in place that I don't know about? I love it. I love it. Uh, so the other thing I wanted to chat a little bit about, because this has come up in conversation with some listeners and a few people, um, you're sober. Yes. And so we've been out together a bunch of times and always have a great time. And... Um, the reason I bring it up, so I have some friends recently who are like either cutting back on alcohol or choosing to be sober for a wide variety of reasons. And there's, there's the fear of like, oh, I can't go out with everyone. I can't have the same fun time. I'm going to lose friends, all this stuff by like choosing not to drink or consume anything. And I've talked about before. I've had like periods of like, I've had, like, I didn't drink for like three months or six months when I'm detoxing or whatever, like for different reasons. Um, but I'm definitely a consumer of alcohol. Yeah. And um, I think 
we've obviously been out together and have had a ton of fun with you being sober. So yeah, why don't you speak a little bit about, yeah, like going out sober in being in the comedy world sober. Like yeah. I think I'd love to hear a bit about that. Sure. So um, I didn't drink until I was like proper 18. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was like really involved in other activities in high school. I, I just didn't like this lack of control that I saw people have when they were drinking. No judgment, just not my jam. Yeah, totally. Um, I have alcoholism on a lot of sides of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I drank, it was just, I was, firstly, I was obnoxious. I'm the definition of white girl wasted. Like, okay. would become a British woman named Annabelle. Oh my God. Like, um, and then um, it was maybe like three and a half, maybe four years ago that I realized I just didn't like drinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't like the way it made me feel. I didn't like the way... It, I didn't do any, like, the things that it made me feel like I was doing. I'd have really bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like drinking. Yeah. Um, and so I was realizing, like, then why am I drinking? Yeah. Not even heavily. Um, and so it was pretty easy to make the decision because it wasn't something that had implications on my day-to-day life. Right. And... Um, it's funny. I, I took courses for, uh, in comedy when I was drinking, but not heavily. Yeah. And then doing comedy sober has been really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually see it as my drink of choice. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it gives me such a natural high. Yeah. Um, and going out sober, I just, I think because I'd gone out sober for so long when everyone was drinking in high school. I know yeah. that's so long ago. Yeah. But I developed this ability to just have fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, it is hard for people who are transitioning, especially at this age and in this industry. Yeah. Um, to transition from drinking to not drinking. But I, like, if there are people in your life that are choosing not to treat you the same when you're not I I don't think those people are supposed to be the people that you surround yourself with totally and that's hard and they might even be like your best friends but I I could imagine you know if you were sick you know I believe like drinking you know if you were sick and you chose to take medicine or you chose to stop taking medicine you would hope that the people who love you yeah understand the decision making and alcohol in some circumstances can be used in a way that you know is abused or yeah. you know you're using it as a solution for something totally and if you choose that that solution is no longer for you you should have people around you that yeah. support it totally and it's like anything like a muscle like at you know working out or you know trying a new food like at first it might not you know maybe it's a little too spicy and then you just have to keep going out and going out and the more you go out sober the more comfortable you become and the more comfortable you become the more fun it is yeah and for me like I love my Sundays like do you know what like like I like waking up and not being hungover yeah but at the same time you also have to be aware that you don't want your actions to be seen as judgmental as of others totally and I think that's actually when other people get offended or question you why you're not drinking because there might be a sentiment of being better than or judging others. Yeah. So just, you know, having open communication, being like, like, I don't care if you smoke weed. I don't care if you, like, do Molly. I don't care yeah. if you <laughs> you drink. I still want to be around. Yeah. And so just having that clear communication that this is your decision. Yeah. But that you don't want it to implicate other people's behavior. Totally. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. And I think, again... 
I know way back when, when I was still in Guelph, um, when I had first started working in the fitness industry, I like took a break from drinking and I did like lose friends because we were just like party only friends yeah. and they didn't want to make time to hang out anytime before like 11 PM or whatever. And we figured that out. And yeah. I think like you would hope that that's not going to happen with people who like you have a really strong relationship with, but like, yeah, it might mean that a few people filter out mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. Like, I think people are in your life for different reasons and seasons, and, like, that'll make sense. Um, but, yeah, I've never once felt, like, judgment from you <laughs> in any capacity. I also love that, like, we've been out until, like, 2 o'clock in the morning doing karaoke. 100%. 100%. <laughs> and I think it also comes with my personality. Like, I've been out before, and people the next day will be like, yo, you were shit-faced. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, no, that's just how I talk. I, I smile when I talk. It's not my fault. Like, so I also think it comes with like, I'm outgoing. Yeah. And I can appreciate that some people also might use alcohol as a means to, you know, have more confidence. Yeah. Um, and so just also being really kind to yourself. Yeah. And creating your own boundaries. Like you don't have to be anywhere with anyone you don't want to be. Totally. If you decide to go out and you're there and it's, you're not feeling comfortable no one is you know you can leave yeah like there's no shame in leaving there's no shame in going and just being honest with yourself and like you know just just take it easy on yourself and also if you slip up and you choose to have a drink that's also not a time to be hard on yourself yeah and you know there are so many podcasts and books and you know even influence I'm not a huge influencer fan but there are you know people sharing their stories and there's a lot to learn from other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And I also, it's like from what I can see, it's like, it's okay if you don't want to go out and party every weekend right away when you're making the transition. Like, oh, yeah. you want to take a little bit of time. That's also cool. Like, and like you said, it's like if you're out and you're like, you know what? I'm not vibing with this. You can just go home. And you don't know anyone an explanation. Totally. And that's another thing with not drinking is I always just say, you know, drinking's not my jam. I don't drink. But it's like you know being our age and people asking like are you gonna have a baby yeah like it's not appropriate totally so if someone's not drinking to anyone else who is don't yeah. ask why just don't ask why you don't know yeah you know nothing yeah and and so just and if people ask you why you can politely shut them down and yeah. just be like you know what, it's private yeah or what i do i just say you know i just don't drink but i can still have fun yeah Totally. You could also just say it's none of your fucking business. Yeah, and then that, then yeah. you can fucking leave. Yeah. And you take their drink and you put yeah. it in their face. <laughs> and then I'd also say, you know, be part of the culture still. Like, if I'm out and people are getting rounds of drinks, I will still get rounds of drinks. Like, you know, like, you can still have fun. You can still be a part of that. And, yeah. like, I, you know, I got, a, I got my ginger ale. Yeah. I got my uh, iced tea. And then also <coughs> places like even Winona on the weekend, they have great non-alcoholic beverages. Yeah. And it's becoming more and more popular. Totally. And I recently read an article, I think it was in Forbes or the New York Times, that Gen Z, good old Gen Z, is drinking, drinking less. less. Totally. I saw this too. Um, Because they don't want it to take up their time. Yeah. You know, they don't want to, you know, even when you watch TV now, you don't see people in movies or like euphoria, like they're messed yeah. up on drugs. Yeah. But no one's like heavily drinking anymore because I think, you know, the term wasted is like legit in this case. Like you're wasting 
time yeah. for some people. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's like it is more normal to like just make your own decisions around what substances you want to consume. And I think like especially with cannabis, yeah. Like since cannabis being legalized, a lot of people are choosing to consume cannabis instead of alcohol mm-hmm. or like more cannabis than alcohol or whatever. And yeah. it's just like there's options on what you want to consume. And I think there are there's so many non-alcoholic options. There's all these different non-alcoholic oh like God. liquors or like liqueurs now. There's like cocktails, like places that do non-alcoholic oh. cocktails. There's like there's so many different choices. Even non-alcoholic beers that like don't taste that bad. They don't taste that bad. Yeah. And like you can also always ask the bartender be like, "Hey, I'm not drinking. Can you make me your favorite mocktail?" Yeah. And even if they're not on the the list, yeah. Or like a good old fashioned water can go a long way. Yeah. And when people ask me what I'm drinking, I say straight vodka. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that was for me when I've had periods where I don't drink, I'll usually still get like, I'll get like a Diet Coke in a short glass with lime. So it just looks like a Ryan yeah. Coke. And then just like, I don't have to talk to anyone about it. Yep. There's nothing wrong with like pretending you're drinking. Like, no, there really, it, if it makes you feel better yeah. to not have the conversation, but the hope is over time. That you surround yourself with individuals totally. who don't give a fuck yeah. what is in your class. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Love it. Okay, we should move on to our segment. Okay. Okay, so you're going to grab the lips. Okay. What you're going to do is you're going to pull out three questions, and then you'll ask the question, and then we'll both answer it. Okay, so question number one. Oh, no. Is it, 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 also, if it's too spicy, no, it's you okay. don't have to do it. Are there any turn-ons that you've grown out of over time? <laughs> I would say people. (laughs) I I remember my partner and I were making our like list of celebrities, and I said Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and he was but he was so disappointed. Oh my god, why? He was like, of all you know, like of all like not the Clooney's of the world, not like you know what I mean. Have you seen Five Hundred Days of Summer? That's my favorite movie. Oh my god, I love that movie so much. It's honestly my favorite movie. Yeah, but he was like, like. This little weenie. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, he plays the ukulele and he was like, even worse. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, you're choosing a man who plays the ukulele and was on third row from the sun. Oh my God, I love that. So that would be mine. Would be Joseph. My answer to that question is legitimately Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> I do love that. Uh, for me, I think it's, uh, like when it comes to impact play, like mm. like slapping and stuff. Yeah, I still like that, but it's about the impact. It's not about pain. And I oh. used to think that pain was a part of it, and it's not. I'm not into pain play like at all. Um, it's like I like the shock of a slap or a spank, mm-hmm. but I like I don't want it repeatedly. So it's like I'm like I get really sore. Like that does not sound like a it good time. It just doesn't sound like fun. And some people do like that. Yeah, no but judgment. Yeah, I definitely grew out of that. That's when you need something more. Like that's when you need the Ryan to drink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Next question. Number two. If you could only watch one, oh, if you could only watch one porn scenario. <laughs> Great, Jesse. For the rest of your life, what would it be? Okay, you don't have to answer this if you don't feel comfortable. Okay, well, you can't tell. I'm always, I have like pink skin. And now I'm like bright red. So I'm going to say Joseph Gordon-Levitt. 
playing the ukulele. Oh my God, all I want is to watch Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joe, I can't even say his name. Levitt. Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Porn. That's all that I want right now. Okay, great answer. Fully support that. Um, I, mine would also be Joseph Gordon Levitt playing the ukulele. Okay, good question. Okay, question number three. Question number three. Hmm. What is the spiciest thing that has happened to me on a date? <laughs> I'm getting redder. I'm, I'm like breaking they're, out in a rash. Sorry, honestly, they're all pretty spicy questions, okay? Honestly, these, these are like not even spicy. These are the tamest These ones. are like, yeah. honest to goodness, you're like, are, are you sure you're not a Christian girl? <laughs> no offense, Jesse. no offense. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to take the high road here. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, let me think. Um, okay. You know, Bar Isabel, do you remember when yes. that was really, really big? Yeah. So I went with Ty and we got ceviche. Yes. But it was like filled with like hot sauce and like, um, oh my gosh. And like, um, chili flakes. Okay. And it was so fucking spicy and we felt so bad not eating it so like I kept so I kept like pretending to eat it and like putting it in my serviette oh my god and like and then at the and then I god knows it's actually spicy that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then like why we didn't just say like we can't eat this so then I took my serviette with all the fish and I dumped it in the toilet and then I came back and then I had awful poops. Wow. So that is literally the spiciest thing. And don't hate me. I think your users or your listeners just dropped <laughs> off. They were like, we will never listen to this show again. We watched it to have a sexy time moment. And now you're talking about spicy shits. You know what? I'd like to think my listeners are here for uh, all sides. A good time. Of the human experience. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I feel like in line with that, I should actually talk about something that happened on a date that was spice-related. Um, I did have something, not like the same, but similar, like where I went on a date with someone, and he was like, can you do spicy food? And I was like, oh, like, yeah. And like, I, I can't do a lot of spice, but like, I can handle it. This is after I'd worked at a Mexican restaurant for like six months. So I had like, I built up my tolerance a little bit more. And we ordered a whole bunch of food, and I couldn't eat any of it. I was dying. Did you? My nose run. Oh, yeah, for sure. I went to the bathroom a bunch of times just because I was like, like I was drinking water. <laughs> like out of the tub. <laughs> Crying and being like, I can do this. I can do this. <laughs> I ended up ordering. I came back to the table at one point. And I was like, hey, don't make fun of me. But I'm like craving like a chocolate milk. <laughs> And he was like, okay. I was like, just like supporting my inner child, you know? <laughs> Fuck, it was bad. I'm so sorry we took down, the, I took you down this path. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little re-traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, this was fucking awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming to the pod. Oh my gosh. Lovely to hear your story. Thank you for letting me share it. Of and you course. know. I think I stayed within, you know, boundaries are important. Hey, you're not going to get in trouble. I'm not. I'm really, well, not in trouble, but he's, it's, Ty's never had social media. Ever. Ever. And so there is this, like, you know, an understanding that, you know, we talk about what we talk about. Totally. And yeah. Anyways, thank you You so much. Yeah. We we stuck within the boundaries. We had our rules. We did good. I'm proud of us. We did. I think so too. And yeah, I was going to say like, 
let me know if you have any more questions in the future yeah, yeah. and babes like if you're listening and if you're maybe you're in a long-term monogamous relationship or you're like looking for one and uh if you have more questions about like how moira and ty are making it work feel free to reach out mm-hmm. on instagram tell the babes where they can find you um i'm on instagram at moira m-o-i-r-a dot lepage l-e-p-a-g-e and also on that note if you are trying to become sober or not drink. Honestly, yeah. my DMs, I'm not cool enough to have enough DMs where I'm like, I don't check them. Like, yeah. The thing with being yeah. monogamous, nobody has ever yeah. slid into my DMs. I, and I don't even know if Ty knows what that means. <laughs> but um, seriously, uh, reach out. And yeah, honestly, happy to share my story. And like I said, it's not perfect. Totally. Um, And it takes work, but in both cases. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And happy friend anniversary! Happy friend anniversary! I feel so lucky to have you in my life. Oh my gosh, right back at you. The fucking best. Yeah. Babes, thanks so much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Your Place or Mine. I'm your host, Jesse Olson. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at jesse underscore underscore Olson. Don't forget, you can find out about all of my upcoming comedy shows at jesseolsoncomedy.com. Two upcoming shows I want to plug this Friday, which is tomorrow if you're listening to this on Thursday. I'm at Comedy Bar for late night, spicy, rowdy, horny, your place or mine. It is the most ridiculous show I run right now. It's crazy. It's wild. It's a good time coming out. That's at Comedy Bar, Friday, December 9th at 11 p.m. Also, I just found out I'm going to be on an awesome competition on Tuesday, December 13th at 8 p.m. at Comedy Bar. It's a big fundraiser for the Daily Food Bank. Uh, and I get to perform in front of, like, judges. So, like, someone from SiriusXM, someone from this, like, awesome talent agency. And part of it is audience votes. So if you're around Tuesday, December 13th, 8 p.m., Comedy Bar, tickets are only 15 bucks. It is called the Canned Comedy Christmas Classic Competition or something like that. Time. Babes, that's all my plugs. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again with another episode next Thursday.